Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome everyone to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here live on WYSL until 1 p.m. Appreciate y'all being here. We're live also on Online, online, <laughs> at the Free Solution Facebook page, the Free Solution YouTube channel, and the Kevin Wilson page. That's wherever you're listening today. Appreciate it. And, of course, shout out down the line to our friends over at WACK out in Newark. Appreciate you all listening here as well. And we have a guest on the line today. We have Cody Anderson, who is the chair of the Libertarian Party in New York. Cody, welcome. Kevin, how are you? Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, too. And, and Cody's calling in today from uh, the New York State Fair Right. Uh, correct. I'm at I'm at the uh, Center of Progress, uh, manning the LPNY booth today. So I apologize if there's a little bit of background noise. Uh, it's actually the Center of Propaganda this year. Half of the half of the building is taken up by state agencies and their union buddies. So it's uh, <laughs> they're all all taken up a double, triple, quadruple booth. So it's kind of kind of uh, interesting to see how they've uh, filled in the space. And you know, there, there seems to be a lot of lack of participation here at the fair this year. By goers and by uh, by vendors alike. So it's kind of kind of too bad to see, but we're here making our presence known, letting people know that we are here and uh, and a viable alternative for the uh, voters of New York. That's fantastic. I'm glad you and the other volunteers are you know in the lion's den of sorts, making sure that you're spreading the message of liberty. Yeah, it, it's it's and you know, we've had a lot of really great engagement at the uh, at the at the booth. Uh, we've had a lot of a lot of people coming by asking what we're about, taking the world's smallest political quiz to kind of figure out where their where their political sensibilities lie. It's kind of interesting to hear people who think they're conservative or think they're liberal really end up falling more in a libertarian uh, in, a, in a libertarian kind of kind of area. So you know, those are those are the kinds of things that we're you know that we're, that we're trying to do: change minds and get people. You know, get people to realize that you know, the folks they've been voting for may not have their best interests in mind. Yeah. No, that's uh, that that's great, and I, I'm glad you're able to do that. And I know if you, if you could get to a little bit of a quieter spot, that would be great because some of the the background music's kind of uh, leaking through there. Uh, but you know, I did bring you on today too to also talk about uh, some of the the letter that you guys put out uh, as the well, you put out as the chair of the Libertarian Party in New York. And uh, you know, I'll just read off a couple of the quick points that you had here while you 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 know see if you can get to that other spot, but. You'd mentioned the uh, reversing the decisions of Governor Cuomo's public finance reform decision to uh, that basically destroyed uh, third parties like the the Libertarian not destroyed them but made it, it revoked the ballot access for third parties like the Libertarian Party, Green Party, and others. Um, focusing on Medicaid fraud and waste, Safe Act, uh, rejecting mask and vaccine up, uh, mandates. Uh, restoring religious medical exemptions, ending pilot programs, uh, the the pilot being payment in lieu of taxes, income right. tax, uh, occupational licensing, and scaffolding law. So you, you you list off a few things in this letter to, to new Governor Hochul. You know, let's talk about some of these priorities and and why why you wrote this letter and what your hope is for the new governor. 
Well, look, you know, the, the biggest the biggest reason the biggest reason for us writing writing this open letter to Hochul is look, you know, um, we, we sort of think things couldn't be worse in Cuomo. Um, we could have, you know, Gavin Newsom. We, we could have uh, Governor Murphy in, in New Jersey. Um, we're, you know, we're we're hopeful that Governor Hochul, uh, being from Western New York, has a different sensibility than uh, than Governor Cuomo. We hope that she uh, that she has uh, chosen to follow, you know, chosen to break with her uh, with, with Governor Cuomo's uh, paymasters down in New York City. We're hoping, you know, we're hoping that she that she, you know, at least can introduce some degree of liberty and positive change into the New York legislative agenda. Uh, as of yesterday, uh, we became very unhopeful. She announced that, you know, Matt, that he's trying to mandate vaccines going and, you know, and, and achieve the same outcome as what uh, as as uh, as Governor Cuomo's um, executive powers in uh, that that expired uh, or I should say were taken away from him. Uh, finally, by the legislature. So we're 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 trying we're trying to you know we're we're trying to work with her. We'd love to. We we made made some made some liberty-minded suggestions and hope she, hope our suggestions are well taken. Yeah, and, that, and that's what we have to do. We have to continue to make noise and and kind of sell these positions, right? Because hopefully, you know, she's coming in with. You know, not quite a blank slate. She's been the lieutenant governor for a little bit now, but you know, there's there's opportunities for improvement here, and there's opportunities to make sure that we we move ahead while respecting individual liberty and to not kind of cave to the wildest priorities of the you know progressive left wing on either economic issues or on COVID issues, right? Like we we, we can do sensible things to prevent people from getting sick without shutting down everything and and enforcing mandates on everyone. Oh, absolutely, and that and that, that's our biggest biggest concern. You know, the one one personal liberty, you know, brings brings you know brings a lot of things. It brings uh, it brings economic economic prosperity. It brings happier people. You know, um, oppressed people are unhappy people. I think uh, the the. <laughs> the United States had had had, a, had its own revolution over the same sorts of things, and and once they, uh, you know, it, I, I guess my my point here is 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 that you know we we. If we can keep people happy and keep people free, um, you know, people, the general climate in New York will improve. And, and I, uh, I, I don't, I don't think that uh, Mr. Cuomo saw it that way. Um, we're hoping that, again, hoping that Ms. Hochul has a, uh, you know, sees it, sees it our way, uh, sees it our way a little more clearly. Yeah, and again, it's there's. There's an opportunity to, to, to bring happiness by letting people make their own choices, by letting people, uh, you know, have thriving businesses. There's, there's always this desire in government to say, well, we got to be the ones to do this. We got to be the heroes. We got to save the state. And sometimes that action, that micromanaging ends up destroying not only prosperity, but, you know, liberty as well. And both of which are valuable. Yeah. No, that you're you're absolutely right about that, and you you know you look you look around and you look at New York City and even here in Onondaga County where they're you know they're requiring uh, requiring indoor indoor mask use. You go anywhere else in Onondaga County and you know go to an indoor restaurant and uh, they're not requiring masks. So what's the difference between between the between the state fair where by the way uh, attendance is off 50 percent from 2019. Uh, versus dinosaur barbecue in downtown Syracuse, which is where I was last night. You know, there's not there's, the answer is there's not a whole lot of difference. And in fact, you know, yeah. you know it's it, 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 to, to, to me it's, it's it's arbitrary rules uh, meant to meant to control the populace. And, and yeah, that well, is, 
I know you that, have that to wear your mask, but at least you can uh, smoke weed outside now, right? That's uh, that's what I hear. You know, I, you know, I, I, I can't. I, I, uh, yes, <laughs> yes, that that is exactly what they. You know, it's kind of the Q and A that came out is that they're you know you pretty much anywhere where you can smoke a cigarette here, you can smoke a you know smoke marijuana. So you know, from 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 my standpoint. It, 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 the, the rules are completely arbitrary, and they, they you know, in, in that way, they're if they're they're arbitrary, they're tyrannical, and uh, you know, not not worth following to me. Yeah, no, it would, it would be great if the rules could be consistent, based in logic. But you know, we're, we're not always going to get that right. Like, yeah, I, I don't expect it anymore out of government, and I kind of agree. It's like, well, you know, if they're going to make the rules arbitrary, then, then we're going to kind of. Uh, fight back. Uh, you know, I will get to one comment from our, our Thursday host. Uh, Tim O'Connor says, Cody would have been cooler if he came on with me. T- so Tim O'Connor's jealous. It's all right. You, you'll get your uh, chance to talk tomorrow, Tim. Yeah, I was about to say, if Tim wants me to have, have me on tomorrow, I'm happy, happy to join him. He, he always calls, calls me like half an hour before his show. So, I'm, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's sometimes tough to, re- you know, I have, I, have a, I have a day job just like I know Tim does, and it, it's sort of hard for me to get stuff uh, scrambled around at the last minute. But I'm always, Tim, always happy to come on with you. You know that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and I... <laughs> It, it is tough, you know. Again, folks, folks like you, I, I appreciate you. you know, and I've been in the same uh, similar positions before too. Like we, we all, we aren't professional politicians. We're not getting paid to do this work. You know, you're, you're a volunteer, taking time out of you know your day. Sometimes taking days off of work to go out and and spread this message. So I, I really appreciate that. Uh, no problem, Kevin. And, yeah, I know you're you're doing you're doing the same thing. So we're we're you know we're we're sort of two two fingers in the same glove here. We're all trying to we're all trying to. Uh, Trying, trying to, trying to spread the message, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so you're out there at the state fair doing this, and you know, I, I don't know if you could stay on for one more segment to talk about uh, more specifically some of those policy priorities that you listed in your uh, open letter to to Governor Hochul. It'd be great because I, I'd love to see advancement on those things. So let, let's make the case really quick to our listeners about what what do we want to see Governor Hochul do? What does the Libertarian Party want to accomplish? in this next year. All right, so thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. We're going to be back in just a few minutes. Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovations should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. Free Solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thanks again for joining us. We're live here on WYSL until 1 p.m., which means that you can leave us a comment online and maybe call in later. We'll see. Uh, shout down the line to our friends listening over at WACK out in Newark and our friends listening online 
Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel, and the Kevin Wilson page. Wherever you're listening today, appreciate you. We're here with Cody Anderson, who's the chair of the Libertarian Party in New York, calling in live from the New York State Fair and the Center for Propaganda. Is that what you, that what you call correct, it? Correct, uh, correct. That is 100% correct. <laughs> I, think, I think I counted... 17 or 18 state agencies and their and their and their uh, and their uh, union supporters uh, here in the here in the uh, center of uh, progressivism. So uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it, it's really stunning. I, I you know I know that we scrambled the fair scrambled to kind of get us uh, to get us their contract literally two days before the span, the, the fair began. So I'm wow. not sure what's going on here at Aga Markets, but you know this is. It is. It is what it is. We're we're happy to be here, and uh, we got it. We got. Despite the roadblocks, we got here. That's excellent. All right. So so let's talk about what you guys want to accomplish. So let's. What, what would you say is like you know the the number one priority of the Libertarian Party of New York? If you can achieve a, a policy victory this year, what would it be? Number 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 one, we want to get automatic ballot access back. Um, you know, it's 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 something that doesn't matter to, to necessarily to the everyday voter. I know it's a red meat issue for for our party, but the bottom line is is is, is that to, to really make a difference in, in New York, we need to we need to be able to get on ballot easily, particularly for statewide office. Um, we uh, in, in in last year's budget, um, the uh, the quote unquote public finance uh, reform commission. Uh, recommendations that raised ballot uh, that raised uh, vote thresholds and uh, and frequency. We went from every four years, every two years, to have to uh, have to renew our ballot access. Uh, they increased those as well as the petitioning requirements for independent bodies, uh, which we became after uh, after they took away our ballot access. Um, we, they uh, they raised they tripled those thresholds as well. So it's it's an up, it's an uphill battle, and, and that's the one thing that will really help us. Make it make a difference uh, in the electoral climate here in here in New York State. Yeah, and, and it's just, and I'm, I imagine your reason is the same as mine. The reason why that's so important right, is that it's it's harder to participate in the conversation if you're not on the ballot, if you don't have any opportunity to participate in the electoral process. It's much easier for the media and for you know people discussing politics to tune you out because they can just say, uh, "Well, you know, you're not on the ballot. It doesn't matter." Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And, and uh, you know, we, we had great candidates like you, Kevin, and, and like Dwayne Whitmer out in New York 27, who, who were really who really connected with voters uh, on on liberty oriented issues and, and why and why more government in our lives is not a good thing. And, 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 and I think that and I think that the more people hear that message, especially after the last 18 months of lockdown and economic ruin that Governor Cuomo brought to us, we're really we're, I, I think our message is really resonating. Uh, if it's any indication, after we lost ballot access, we hardly had a blip. I think we lost 200 uh, enrollees statewide. Uh, after after uh, we lost automatic ballot access, and that really says something. That means people are done with the duopoly. They're not willing to go back, even if even if you know it's harder for us to get on the ballot, harder for us to get into office. Uh, so so I think so I think that our message really resonated throughout the pandemic, uh, and I think that people are are sticking with us and coming to us for answers. Right on. Now, so again, let's say you know you do get ballot access, or you know you you get folks who are able to be elected this year you know what 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 sort of priorities would you want to see if if you actually had people in office if the libertarian party wins what does that look like well well i think this year you're you're, you're aware this, this is an off off cycle election so right now it's, it's mostly local elections uh yeah so, oh, so local so stuff still so, matters though come on i'm as a former oh, county no, chair no, could local, local stuff still matters 
local, local is huge, and, and particularly from a libertarian perspective. You know, one, one of the biggest ways people can affect their local tax burden is to elect elect people who are liberty-minded to local office, you know, at the town board, uh, town supervisor level. Uh, also, at school boards. School boards are a huge way to help reduce help reduce tax tax burden and really make it really make an effort uh, really make an, make it uh, have an effect at the local level. Um, you know, for, for you know, I, I know where I live, or in Schoharie County, there's two. You know, I, I pay about four thousand dollars a year in taxes. More than half of it go to the school. They had 50 seniors graduate from from the from the high school in in my town. And for such a rural county, it's a rural county with 30,000 people. Uh, they, I think they had as many as many as many uh, school districts as I had in Columbia County, which had twice as many people where I came from. Huh. So it, it's it, it's a, it's a it, it's a you know I think people just need to see that that there's there's a lot of ways that that we can make a difference in 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 local taxes, uh, you know, and and school school boards, utility boards. And town boards uh, are absolutely the way to do that. Yeah. So, so sorry to, to, to derail. I know you're, you're mostly concerned with state stuff as state chair, but I, I had to throw in a pitch for for our folks doing great work uh, locally too. And I know you're not forgetting about them, but we'll we'll, we'll think about the state stuff now. You know, so you some of the other stuff you talked about is uh, you know uh, Medicaid fraud and waste. Uh, can we talk a little bit about that then? Next couple minutes. Yeah. I- yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, and you know, Medicaid is one of one of the biggest biggest weights of, of it's a it's a good program that has gone horribly wrong. It's gone way outside its mandate. It is rife with provider fraud. It is rife with uh, with uh, beneficiary fraud. And, and I and I think that one of the main ways that that the state and Governor Hochul, I'm I'm looking at you, um, the the way we can the way we can reduce the cost of Medicaid in the state. Is uh, one you know go after go after fraud and unfortunately you know the system is largely unmonitored. People you know check the boxes they need to check to get benefits and there isn't a whole lot of follow up after that. So there, there's a lot of there's a lot of improvement in efficiency and, and just flat out fraud in the system that needs to be dealt with so that we can lower so we can lower uh, lower the cost. And, and uh, I would also say that you know they've expanded eligibility, which again that just drives up the cost. We're spending. Uh, I think we budgeted something on the order. I think the number was was 28 million. Am I right about that, Kevin? You're probably you're probably looking at, looking at the letter. Um, I, <laughs> I am. Yes. Twenty-seven point five is what you put. Right? Yeah, but yeah, eighty billion. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, so, and that, and that's, and that, and and by the way, we, the state spends eighty billion on on Medicaid. But that includes federal subsidies and also, you know, monies from from county governments as well, uh, or I should say, subsidies that go to county governments. So it's it's not a small number, you know, eighty billion dollars. When you when you look at that, that is a full third of the budget uh, here, over third of the budget here in New York State. So it's it's untenable. So really, I think we if we start to deal with that, we can you know we can at least at least make a uh, make a dent in in, uh, in in the crazy spending that we have here in the state. Right. And, you know, we're, uh, many of us who've been looking at the budgets for a while know, like, how those costs keep kind of getting pushed down the road and, and how governor's done, uh, the Governor Cuomo has done uh, some interesting budgeting tricks to look like the, the program is more uh, solvent and healthy than it really is, plus pushing more burdens on uh, local counties as well. Again, a lot of times the counties end up paying the cost of these, and they're supposed to be, you know, reimbursed through taxes sent to the state. But the, for those of you who are long-time listeners to the show, and you've heard like some, uh, 
you know, people from county governments uh, talk uh, on the show before, you, you understand how the, the state has withheld some of that money, even though the counties were expecting some of it back. So there, there's lots of stuff going on with that one. Uh, you talked about SAFE Act, too. You know, get, we, we'd love to see the SAFE Act repealed. We'd love to see all the infringements on our Second Amendment rights repealed. At, at one point in time, Governor Hochul was like, okay on guns, but I, I don't know if she's going to be anymore. No, you know, and she's from Western New York, and, and you know, you'd, you'd think, I mean, from Erie County, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But, but I guess, I guess from, 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 you know, from Western New York, you think she has a little bit of a different sensibility than downstate folks, and you're right, she did. In the beginning, she looked like she might actually be in support of our 2A rights, and now not so much, you know. I think, you know now, now, that, now that she's, uh, and unfortunately, she's already started to align with her, with her downstate masters, and, and uh, or I should say Cuomo's downstate masters, who are now her masters, and um, it's 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 unfortunate. We're hope we're hopeful that things will change, or at least things will stop advancing the way they have uh, under Cuomo. But we'll, uh, we'll 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 have to see, and of course we'll keep we'll keep pushing for for uh, for constitutional carry. Yeah, no, it's great, and I love to see that uh, pushing forward. And, and Tim O'Connor left the comment says she was as okay on guns as the NRA, and I think Tim means that as a jab. At the NRA. Uh, oh, 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 that's totally a jab. That's, the NRA has done has done about as much for uh, for uh, gun rights as uh, well, Governor Cuomo. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, they're they're great at compromising on gun rights. It's awesome. Um, all right, yeah. So, any you only have a couple minutes left. Any other issues that you want uh, the listeners of this show uh, of, of WISL and WACK to, to understand that the Libertarian Party is fighting for this year? Yeah, I, I think one of the one of the big things we're really really coming out against are, is 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 pilot programs, the payments in lieu of taxes. You know, where where Amazon's been trying to get a foothold a lot of places around the state. They've been approaching towns, towns who want to have them there have been basically offering them offering them years of no property taxes. Uh, which, but of course, these new facilities require require lots of infrastructure. They require water. They require electric. They require roads. They require traffic signals. Those kinds of things. And meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, the state, uh, or I should say, the, the, the town taxpayers uh, get the bill for it. Uh, so they're, these new companies are, you know, they're are getting all these new facilities, uh, and uh, the, uh, the the town taxpayers or city taxpayers uh, are, are, you know, stuck with the, the increased assessment. So uh, that that's something we really like to see uh, see uh, an end put to. Um, obviously, we have issues with uh, with eminent domain around the state uh, there's a recent recent case of uh, gonna uh, have to cut you off oh no problem go ahead yeah so no we, we gotta head to break you know thank you so much for joining us i'm gonna let you get back to the state fair now appreciate you being here appreciate you talking issues with us for the first half of the show uh and of course you can always go to uh w uh, yeah, lpny.org to learn more about the libertarian party in new york so thanks again for joining us cody anderson uh thanks, for the first half of the show take care
Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website. There hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, we were joined in the first half of the show by Cody Anderson, who is the chair of the Libertarian Party of New York. Cody, appreciate you being on. I know how he, he had to get back to work in the booth at the New York State Fair, the Center for Progress over uh, in the middle of Lion's Den over there. So, again, thank Cody and all the other volunteers doing stuff. I know Larry Sharp was there over the weekend. He talked about that a bit yesterday on his show. Uh, and, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about, like, Governor Hochul now and, and what she's doing. A couple interesting things stood out for me. One, one there's a, a small – actually, you know what? I'm going to save this thing because I, I, I think it's a good fake news item. I, I was going to talk about a story, but I'm going to save it. We'll, we'll see. Uh Governor Hochul, though, did announce a little little while ago that they added 12,000 deaths to the state's uh, COVID death tally. And it's interesting because the, the way they're doing this is basically the uh, the governor wasn't counting a bunch of deaths that weren't ever tested for COVID. So there's no official confirmation. But uh, a lot of the death certificates said most likely died from COVID. Uh, so the numbers from the CDC didn't match the numbers that the state of New York put out. Uh, so there's a, a difference of 12,000 people. So now they're reporting 55,400 people died of COVID-19 in New York based on the CDC numbers. And Governor Cuomo was saying that 43,400 people did it. You know, and, and I, I'm curious how people feel about this. Again, we since Cody isn't on the line anymore, you can call in if you have thoughts on this, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000 if you want to uh, participate in this discussion or or say whatever else is on your mind. Uh, is this something that makes sense for transparency? Do you, do people want to know that those other 12,000 people, 100% for sure, died of COVID? Did they need to get tested? I, I don't know if people are still talking about, like, worried about the numbers being too high or too low. I, I mean, to me, I think the numbers are probably low. I think that there is a – there still needs to be an investigation – from the state legislature about what happened in nursing homes and what happened in other state-run facilities about the number of people who died from COVID, specifically because Governor Cuomo placed people in those homes when really they should have been going to hospitals because they're so concerned about flattening the curve and using up hospital space during that time that his plan ended up putting people in danger. 
And uh, it's still something that, that many families are still grappling with and that I think many families still deserve answers for. I know it's what many people were hoping would be the reason for Governor Cuomo resigning or getting impeached. That's not how it worked out. He he resigned. It's official. He's gone for real, guys. Uh, he resigned because of the, the sexual uh, harassment and assault allegations. That's what seemed to have brought him down. But there's still this lingering issue. There's still... I think you know, not not a lawyer, so don't you know if I'm wrong on this. But like to to a lay person like me, it seems like there's something criminal going on with the cover up of the number of people who died in nursing homes. Again, that's just my half informed opinion. It just seems that there the state government shouldn't be able to get away with doing that. The state government shouldn't be able to to hold pref press conferences every day, be fawned over by the media, and to present a false narrative about the success of their pandemic efforts. How does the, the governor get away with that? And will Governor Hochul do more things to push for transparency on this issue? You know, I, I'm a little bit worried, like Cody was, about where Governor Hochul's going to take things. But she has an opportunity here. She has an opportunity for a fresh start to at least start to end some of the corruption that existed under the Cuomo administration and not just the the COVID stuff, not just the sexual harassment stuff, but all of the other scandals too. The, she could restart the, um, you know, Moreland commission and make it truly independent. She could, you know, direct that commission to investigate a number of things, you know, in, in my worry is, you know, is, was she involved in any of that stuff? Any of the corruption that, that Governor Cuomo was a part of? Stuff with the SUNY deals, stuff with uh, you know, uh, the solar deals out uh, in western New York. Any, any of the – I mean, again, I, we could run off a whole list of dozens of different uh, minor corruption things that the governor has been involved with over the years. Go, former Governor Cuomo. Will we ever get a, a sense of justice – out of any of those, out of all the, the millions, billions stolen from us New York taxpayers and given to friends and cronies over the years, will we ever get any sense of, of at least closure from that? That, hey, we are shining light on this situation, that we are investigating what happened and that we're willing to take action against the people who have in some cases, harmed and stolen from the people of New York, the people like you and me. There's an opportunity for Governor Cuomo to say, we're going to take a different direction. We're going we're gonna to make that right, as right as possible. Now, we can't always get that money back. We're not going to. But at least the bad people who participated in that can be brought out to public, possibly have charges brought against them. Who knows? There, there's, there's a great chance for for Governor Hochul to do that, unless, of course, she's she's all part of it. But, you know, no, no, I'm not going to make the assumption, even, even though she was a lieutenant governor, I'm not going to make the assumption that she is part of the problem yet. I, I don't know a ton about her, to be honest. I, I want to I believe the best in people. Maybe that makes me naive, but I want to believe the best in people and that she, before, before I criticize her too heavy. I want to give her an opportunity to do the right thing. She's in the hot seat now. 
actions are going to speak a lot louder than words, too. She can talk about transparency. She can talk about doing the right thing. But will she do it? I don't know. I mean, we're already seeing some uh, concerning things. Again, uh, some some of the stuff coming out of uh, her administration race is also a universal masking mandate for schools. And and I may end up talking about that a bit more in the next sec, uh, segment. But is that the right thing to do? Is that really letting individual districts be able to make decisions based on conditions in their area? Nope. Is she going to bring back any sort of lockdowns? Is she going to fix the broken uh, rent control program that – well, not rent control, but, but the broken uh, eviction moratorium that New York State has – the one that, that, that doesn't work for either landlords or renters in many cases. That, that's going to end up destroying our, our rental housing markets. Is she going to do anything about that? I don't know. Starting with fixing the number of deaths, I think that's a good step. But I don't know if she'll take it any further. I, I have no idea if there is still value in protecting the people around Governor Cuomo. If there's still... Any political clout still left there? Is there is the machine still intact without their leader in place? I have no idea. Again, time will tell. We're not going to be able to to know this stuff. All right. So so actually, I, I do want to. I'm going to just because I have a couple minutes left in this. Uh, just because it's it's just too good not to share. the The governor has been stripped of his Emmy. Got what one last insult to injury. Governor Cuomo was stripped of his Emmy this week, and he has had that one thing taken away. And, and actually, the, the, the funniest way I heard phrase is that he, was, he shouldn't have been stripped of his Emmy because he was doing a good job playing a good, competent governor on TV. My goodness, he was. What a great performance he made. He made so many people believe that he was someone who cared about us, that he was doing the right thing, that he was saving our state from the scourge. Now that, too, has been stripped away from him. Cuomo has been well and truly canceled. This is, this is actually what cancel culture looks like. And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes people deserve it. Honestly, couldn't happen to a better guy. I'm glad to see Governor Cuomo gone. I'm glad to see... Sammy taken away, and I'm hoping that a couple weeks from now, unless we're talking about investigations in the past scandals, we're not going to have to mention this dude again, that he's not going to be influencing our lives any further, other than the, the damaging legacy that many of us listening today are going to have to work very, very hard to undo. Damaging legacy of taking away our Second Amendment rights, destroying our economy, of deep-seated corruption. It's still going to take a lot of work to do. But hopefully, no more specifically about Governor Cuomo causing that. All right, thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. When we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, masking in schools, a new order from Governor uh, Hochul on that, and uh, maybe a couple other things, too. Give us a call if you want to participate in the discussion, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We'll be back in just a few.
Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. Kevin Wilson, your host for today, live here on WYSL until 1 p.m. So you can give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. But shout out down the line to our friends listening over at WACK out in York, listening a little bit later. Appreciate you all as well. And our friends listening online, Free Solution, the Facebook page, Free Solution, the YouTube channel. And the Kevin Wilson page. There's, of course, our podcast, too. You can always listen to our podcast. Just look up a free solution on any podcasting service. We should be on there. If we're not, send us a message. We'll get it up there. And speaking of comments and calls, we had a call, a call in who mentioned that we should take uh, Mario Cuomo's name off the, uh, the former Tappan Zee Bridge and rename it the Tappan Zee Bridge again. Yeah, tend to agree. Makes sense. Still some uh, name uh, history tied to that old name. Maybe uh, we should just take the Cuomo name off of that. I don't know. Or let the people around that area decide. Let's not make it a state issue at all. I uh, got another comment that I can, I can sort of read on there. <laughs> From Valerie said, oh, Kevin, you speak the truth on that uh, jerk Cuomo. Karma bit him. I hope his dog does too for leaving him behind in the mansion. Yeah, so folks, if you hadn't, you hadn't heard this one, there's a, there's a uh, Albany Times Union uh, story that came out suggesting that Governor Cuomo was trying to get rid of his dog and apparently was asking staff members to take it. He was going to leave it in, in the mansion. Now, for their part, uh, for, for Cuomo's part, he says that uh, the that, that isn't true. The spokesperson said that isn't true. That he, Cuomo was just taking a vacation and was trying to find someone to take it on vacation. I would hope that Governor Cuomo didn't just get a prop as a dog in where 2018 when he got captain. Uh, and, and I hope he, he isn't abandoning that dog. That would be very sad if he is. Hopefully not true. But, you know, if he is, then I'm sure captain will find a great, wonderful home, hopefully with someone who can handle him. I, I guess he's a like a husky Malamu mix. And if you don't know anything about those two types of dogs, they are both super high energy they're they're tough to be around i mean, i guess a captain apparently would nip at people's heels at uh, the governor's mansion so he's he's a tough dog to be around i suppose but yeah that, that's what happens though if you gotta if you get a dog like that you gotta basically run with them every day to make sure that they get all their energy out otherwise they're going to be little jerks i mean still wonderful dogs if you can handle them but yeah, I, I was I was gonna I was gonna use that for 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 fake news Friday, but but Valerie sent you brought up the comment. Uh, yeah, no, we. <laughs> uh, it might be that the governor 
if he did do this, it's like you had to prove one more time that you're a jerk. One more time you ban your dog. Hopefully that's not true, though. Hopefully Governor Cuomo has some heart and he's going to keep the dog and or, you know, make sure he does find a good home for it. Hope he wasn't using it uh, as a, a prop dog. Um, but working dog and Valerie commented again, working dogs do need a, a new home like that. You know, that's, that's, that's what those dogs are meant for. They, they're meant to, to work. Malamus are uh, they're, they're used as uh, dogs overseas in like combat situations and stuff, as I understand. So anywho, that, that's, you know, that's all I got on Governor Cuomo. I had to mention the dog story too, because it's just, uh, so outrageous. Uh, and, and we'll talk about the, the universal masking thing. So, uh, <coughs> Governor, uh, Hochul, uh, is now, uh, made it mandatory for schools across New York state to have masking. The, the, the reasoning being, you know, basically that the, uh, that younger kids, kids younger than 12 can't uh, be vaccinated. So there, there's going to be a vaccine and a mask requirement for schools. And I, and I've heard from, uh, some, some listeners and friends who are some teachers who are upset by that, uh, the mask. So my whole deal on this is mostly that this should be up to local districts, right? Local districts who want to make decisions on the ground. Now I'm sure a lot of local districts would be agonizing over this type of decision, right? That they don't want the the accountability of having to make a decision that's going to make half of a population mad, right? Because if a district doesn't implement any of these things, if they don't uh, have a vaccine mandate, if they don't have a mask mandate, then there's going to be a big group of people who are going to show up to board meetings and yell at them and be upset and say, how dare you endanger our children? And then if they do do that on their own, they have a vaccine mandate or a mask mandate. If they did act independently to do these things, well, then the opposite's going to happen. You're going to have big groups of parents who are going to come in there and say, oh, my goodness, you know, you're harming our children by having them wear a mask. And there's all this stuff about masks. And I've talked about masks a million times before, you know, or and in some cases, there's some truth to it. You know, young children are still developing like their emotional intelligence, having them masked all day. Uh, it's it, it does harm their development in a lot of ways. So you have to, to weigh those risks. You have to weigh those trade-offs. And, and Tim and I had gotten to a little bit of discussion of this on Friday. I, I'm not I'm not a hardliner on this issue. I think that if if there is a disease that's impacting children in a serious way that does provide an actual danger, and you still think that going to school is important, and this is a way to mitigate that, then great. Then then maybe we should require masks. Maybe that trade-off's worth it. I don't know that it is in this situation. I don't know that the evidence backs that up. Uh, there's there's a big CDC study suggesting that like that masks were effective in reducing uh, the the rate of COVID spread in districts that had mask mandates. But the problem is is they didn't like factor out that variable individually. The districts that tended to have mask mandates also took other kinds of mitigations as well. They did things like improve ventilation and improve spacing and, and add other things, or they would mix in-person with uh, in-school learning. So districts that took more mitigation measures, well, they, they saw a reduction in uh, the number of COVID cases that would happen in their district compared to those who didn't have a mass mandate, but also probably didn't act on other things as well. So what factor caused that was it the ventilation was it the masking was it 
the distancing? Was it something else? You know, we have some studies that suggest that like distancing doesn't really work if you're going to be in a room with someone for an extended period of time. Certainly, if you're in a classroom with a bunch of you know chattering kids, you know that's being six feet apart is not going to matter if all the particles are going up into the air. It ain't going to matter unless you have ventilation to suck it out effectively. Does the mass help with that? Even then, too, like after a while, enough will leak out that it becomes a danger. So is the trade-off worth it, particularly if this is a disease that, at least until now, where it's, there may be a shift. No, I'm not sure that there, there may be a shift happening. It could be affecting kids, something I think about all the time because I have my own child now. If something shifts, then maybe that start, trade-off starts to become worth it. Now, I don't know that it is. And I would rather see this happen at the local level based on local conditions and setting benchmarks for, well, if community spread is above this point, if this many children are being affected, you know, uh, based on the, the community level of vaccination, whatever it's going to be, they should set clear metrics for how we're going to move ahead with this. But, you know, to, to you know, uh, another comment we received from Bella, you know, so she says, Hochul's wrong about statewide masking. Uh, New York State has a diverse population. It's not one size fit all. And you know, I'll leave that up. And, uh, yeah, no, that's it. You know, again, the, what's going on in Wyoming County is going to be different than what's going on in Monroe County. And it's going to be different than what's going on in Long Island. It's going to be different situations all across the state. And there may be more community spread in one place than there is in another. And individual districts can act appropriately. Now, they, they don't want to always do that. And I know this has become a heated issue here. Uh, there's, there's folks, <laughs> there's a, a well-known activist who was arrested yesterday at a meeting over uh, some masking stuff. And, and I'll say, you know, if I, I get it, uh, but also if you're at a public meeting and they tell you to uh, that you need to be masked and everyone else is masked, uh, and they say they're going to call the cops if you don't, you can't be surprised if they arrest you. Not saying it's right. Just saying I'm not surprised because that's what happens with public meetings with with everyone. So that's that's really all I have to say about that. That's it's it's been a heated issue here. And again, I get it. I get you know you don't want to. Some parents don't want their kids to get sick. They want to take every precaution available to them. And other parents, you know, they say, "Well, covering my kids all day, every day, hiding their faces, having them wear masks, that causes harm too." Is the trade-off worth it? My opinion, the state shouldn't be deciding it. This should be done as local as possible in the individual districts. And if you really, truly want to avoid this conflict altogether, eh, maybe find a way to leave the school system. That, again, that's my, I'll keep beating that drum. Maybe find a way to develop homeschooling pods or something else like that. That's the only way you're going to get out of this. All right, thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Tomorrow, Tim O'Connor will be on. All right. Take care. Have a wonderful day, everyone.